Hey Fellowship Mosaic, earlier in the month I got to tell you about my friend Zakayo and how Fellowship was able to bless he and his family through the offering of the gift last year. And I just want to remind you before the month is over that we have this opportunity to be generous above and beyond our normal giving to give to this thing called the gift where our elders take these collections and pray over different opportunities uh, to bless people, to represent Christ in Northwest Arkansas and the world through your generosity. So if you want to participate, go to www.fellowshipmosaic.org slash the gift and participate in this generous offering that we get to be a part of. Merry Christmas, Mosaic. Yeah, Merry Christmas, Mosaic. Hey, it's good to be with y'all. It's Christmas Eve Eve, so I had to dig through the uh, costume bin at home and pull out the, the vest, and so uh, I'm in a good mood. I hope y'all are too. Um, it's good to be with you tonight. Uh, a couple things I wanted to put in front of you. The first is uh, just if this is your first time, we, we do want to know that you're here. Sometimes at a big place, it's easy to slip through the cracks and not be noticed. And so uh, we ask just that either you would text us. The number uh, is no longer on the screen there. So uh, sorry about that. But you can um, visit us in the info booth. And uh, we'd love to do that live with you. But you're able to, through the Get Connected link, uh, fellowshipmosaic.org slash I'm new. You can fill it, start the, the application process there. So uh, that is the new information. Uh, if you're new, we want to know you're here. Otherwise, um, a couple of things for tomorrow, actually Christmas Eve. Uh, we'll have three services in the morning. Uh, and that is that those are our traditional kind of family services. Didn't mean to use the word traditional because the evening services are the traditional, traditional. But... We have a tradition of doing family-style services in the mornings, and so that's what we will do here tomorrow, 9, 10, and 11 o'clock. They're fun, they're lighthearted, they're a good time, but we'll still hear that nugget of the Christmas story together. It's a good time. And then at 6 and 7, Nick will be uh, leading those traditional worship time. It's, it's more kind of contemplative and carols and things like that. So uh, we won't have any kids' classes spread out around campus. You're in the morning. <laughs> okay, man, I'm bunging this one up. Thanks, good. All right, well, we'll keep rolling with it. Uh, just to confirm uh, that next week, after, so tomorrow morning is Christmas Eve Eve, but the following week, we're only doing one service on the 30th of December. It'll be a family service. There won't be any kids' classes or, or student ministries spread out around. We'll all be in here together just at 5 o'clock. So you won't break your normal rhythm if you're a 5 o'clocker. I have to definitely warn second hour because they'll show up to a, a dark room, and we don't want that. So that's a family service. And then finally... Uh, is just a heads up that we are in, in the kickoff of the spring. We're headed into a Celebrate Recovery service. The first three weeks of the year, we're, we're going to be working through kind of three big principles that come out of life's healing choices. And it, that book is just such a, a helpful resource that we're going to have it available uh, throughout those three weeks out in the foyer. You can pick up a copy cheap. Um, and, uh, and, and that's just, I, the reason that I personally am excited about this is that I have seen in my own life such, uh, deep healing and victory over sin as I come with brothers and sit down and confess that sin. I've, I've gone through two step studies. Uh, I've enjoyed my time on Saturday or on Friday nights in, in the large group worship and open share. I, I just, I value it and I want other people to experience that freedom. And sometimes I just get stuck. And so the timing 
for me feels impeccable that New Year's is already a time where people are setting goals and what better goal than to to do some real deep heart work and, and set ourselves up for a year of loving the Lord and loving others better by working on that that heart stuff. Um, I, I made out a list of questions that I thought would be good just to contemplate there. Um, perhaps, uh, do you ever sin? Uh, have you ever had trouble in a relationship? Have you ever found yourself repeating some habit that seems frustratingly difficult to overcome? Do you ever find yourself stuck replaying something over and over again in your head? Do you ever just wish that you could talk to somebody about that thing? That was my experience, and I think that'll be your experience kind of opening up in those couple of weeks together. And uh, what, what do you know? You might kind of get a taste of it and go, I actually want to make this a, a repeated habit and rhythm of my year. And so, uh, but tonight, we're actually here together. We're not there. Uh, that's for tomorrow or for next week or for the week after. And so tonight, we're actually here together to gather and to worship and to celebrate this, this spirit of love that we have amongst us. And so would you stand, and, and I'll say a word of prayer as we kick off this night together. God, you really do love us well, and we are humbled by all of the displays of love. We see it at the cross we see it at the incarnation that a baby would come to set things aright again. Uh, we see it in this room and when we looked left and right and we recall the stories of your goodness and faithfulness to these people. Um, that you love my friends and my, uh, my, my co- co-church friends and, and things here. And so just uh, be with us, we pray tonight. And may we celebrate your goodness to us.
Counselor, you're a Prince of Peace, of the greatness and of the rule of your government and kingdom. There will be no end. Amen. There will be no end. Cast our minds on eternity. We've loved celebrating the, uh, the waiting, the waiting, the advent of Christ, and we're getting close, Lord, to celebrating the arrival. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for being with us. Cast our minds on eternity as we worship Emmanuel. We love you. Amen.
darkness In darkness at the world and wait For a light to show the way Enslaved to sin In the shadow of death A promised prince of peace and light A wandering people losing sight Then came this marvelous silent night
celebrate the peace, Lord, that you bring. We celebrate the love that you bring. We celebrate the hope that you bring, the joy that you bring. And we love you.
Your unfailing love is so good, Lord. We lift up our eyes to you. Amen. Would you please remain standing for the lighting of the Advent candle tonight and for the reading of the word. As I welcome Leslie and Brad Godwin to the stage. Hey, guys. love of Emmanuel. God is with us. Hello, good evening. Okay, you got to do better than that. Hello, good evening. My name is Brad. And I'm Leslie. And, and we're, we're the Godwins. Godwins. <laughs> Thanks for those laughs. Those were great. Uh, so we've been a part of Mosaic for about 14 years, fellowship even longer than that, uh, and I've served in different capacities throughout those years as cell group leader, uh, helping as a community shepherd on the worship team, bringing meals, lots of other fun things uh, throughout the years. We've also led community groups, been in community groups. I'm in a women's cohort, and I love serving with the babies, so if you have one, you've probably seen me. And uh, we've been married 12 years. It all started at a Starbucks drive through exchange. That's for another day. Uh, and we have four daughters, uh, three here on earth, uh, Dia, Aria, and Evie, and one in heaven, sweet Lucy. Um, it is an honor to be here tonight and to get to read Luke 2, verses 1 through 21. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child, and who heard it was amazed at what the shepherd said to them. But Mary treasured up all the things and pondered them in her heart. 
the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. On the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise him, he was named Jesus, the name the angel had given him before he had been conceived. This is the word of the Lord. Where are you at, family from out of town? Let's see it. Oh, perfect. We're glad you're here. Uh, my name's Colin, and this is my dear friend, Ashish. Hello. Come on. Woo-woo! Um, hey, tonight's a treat for me. Um, I don't know if you have, like, treasured memories of Christmases in your home. Uh, one of mine is sitting in Margaret and Dozier's living room in Auburn, Alabama, and listening to the Christmas story and then having a conversation about it. And it's one of my favorite memories of Christmas. Um, And tonight is a really dear honor because uh, this friend of mine um, has taught in Nepal. He's brought the gospel in Nepal. He's brought the gospel in China, uh, fluent in Chinese. And tonight we're blessed with the first time teaching and expositing scripture in America. Uh, Come on. So if it goes horribly, it's on him. Totally. So you get uh, an expert and a rookie. I would have asked to take that line out uh, from the conversation if he had... Mentioned that in practice, but he just... Yeah, I'm going to pull out all the stops now. But um, no, it really is for Ashish. uh, It's been a joy to get to partner with this guy. And uh, Ashish, you've been here six-ish months doing the residency with community. Uh What do you see in the Spirit of God doing in and through this body? You see, I've never called uh, any other church besides my church back home, uh, Nepal, my church, my home church. But I I feel comfortable calling Mosaic my church. And this is because the love that you all have shown to me. I feel seen, loved, and known here. Hmm. Um, And Mosaic does a great job, uh, you know, showing authentic Christ to to the community. And you all live up, we all live up, I I would say, in what we believe, all broken, all matter. Hmm. And one gets the glory. And I feel really mattered here. Not just me. Every international friends that I brought in here, they've told me that they felt mattered. Even my new friend, Anok, who's going to be here in second service, he says, it's been just two weeks he's here, and he, feels, he says that he feels mattered in Mosaic. Mm. Praise God for Mosaic. I'm so yeah. thankful to you all. It's good. Well, we're glad you're here, man. And um, we're going to take that posture tonight. So sit back, uh, loosen up the top button if you need to. Uh, uh-huh. There's no Hallmark pictures happening. <laughs> we really wanted this to be more of a, a, a living room experience for us. Uh, we've sang the carols. Let's dive into the story, and then let's get out there and proclaim the good news. Cool? But before we continue, Ashish... Would you mind just praying for our time in the scripture um, in Nepalese? I would love to. Thank you. Let's do it. Hey, Parmesha Pita, Tapai Mahan Onugrahi in Sorbosakti Manulans. As when the Duyazar taste Borsagari, Bethlehem Matabekuzana by with you. Yesu Christ, Tapiano by with you. You Satio, Rami as a two Satio, Susamatar Laza, Mundali Parivar Sanger. I'm a Sunday song. They have watched Nami, so I mean, they have this song. Topic of Poetrat, Makosakti, Ambro, Khan, Khan Mara, Topoli, you watching just Rizadis, Mirror Colin Kumukba, permission with Ambro, Ambro Sari, Topic Sari, you Mondale, Assisit to Leon by Kosazis, Sats. I'm in Cape and I know the Topai Sobetokunans. We are nothing but you all. Pray this all in your name. Amen. Thanks, brother. Yeah. Well, to start, um, first, we hear this word Advent a lot, right? Y'all familiar with that term? So I figured. Again, let's start with what is Advent? Yeah. Um, what is this phrase, the Advent of Jesus? We hear it a lot. Um, and if you're familiar with uh, the term, it, it simply means an arrival, right? 
the arrival of a significant person, a significant event. My boys have an advent every day around like 5 to 5.30. I have an eight-year-old and a six-year-old. And my wife also loves that advent of when Colin comes home and some fists get thrown. We're on the trampoline. If it's sunny, if not, it's raining and there's Nerf guns everywhere. But it's the, it's the arrival of something anticipated, right? And I don't know tonight if, if you have something you're anticipating. But our hope is as we approach the advent of Jesus that we could join in where Luke's taken us on that the advent of Jesus is, is good news. And so um, Advent simply means arrival, and the Old Testament prophets have a lot to say yeah, about this term, Isaiah, right? we were just singing earlier. Isaiah has a lot to say about this special one, the one coming, uh, someone that's going to come and defeat Israel's enemies, someone that's going to come to bring justice and freedom, mm-hmm. you know, to, to be a wonderful counselor, to be prince of peace, overall to bring this final victory that people are anticipating for. That's what Isaiah has to say about Yeah, a lot more than that. And virgin birth. So even uh-huh. Isaiah 7 is, mm-hmm. is one that gets prophesied in there. Yes. And then Micah. If you go to Micah, it's like all judgment, right? Like you got this Old Testament prophet and Israel is not doing a great job of being the most faithful followers to Yahweh. Uh, so we got some judgment coming, but in amidst the judgment that, that's rightfully deserved, a message of hope. Hey, f- we actually get not now just a promised Messiah. We get a location. In Bethlehem, the same town where King David was born, the ruler of Israel, this new Messiah figure, is going to come. Spread. And if you know your Old Testament, it ends silence. And a question, what's this Messiah going to be like? When he comes, will, will he come? If he comes, what will he be like and what will it look like? And with that, we come to Luke chapter 2. If you have a Bible, I'd encourage you, open it up, a device, take notes and teach it to someone else. But uh, Luke has some context, yeah? Yeah, uh, let's, let's look into Luke's context before we dive into Luke 2. So Luke 1 actually does a great job giving context. Uh, Book of Luke is uh, an account, an orderly account of life of Jesus. Uh, Book of Luke uh, accounts carefully, as, as we can see there, it says Luke carefully investigates um, that if all of these things had actually happened back then for Theophilus, one of the followers of Jesus, but today for us. You know, Luke. And Luke's yeah. a physician, right? Uh, he's so a doctor. So he would want an orderly account. Like, I don't know if you go very to Very detail-oriented, yeah. yes. It'd be nice to have a doctor who has some details. Yeah, absolutely. And Luke, Book of Luke states clearly that people are in state of bad news. People are lost, destined to death, eternally separated from God. But Book of Luke, fear not, also mentions about this good news. This good news that, that, are, that we're going to uh, dig in tonight. Colin? And so we pick up, as we just heard Brad and Leslie read, but sometimes, I don't know if you do this, I approach like the Christmas narratives and Christmas services with like rose-colored glasses. You ever worn those? And it changes the tint of the room and it kind of makes things like a filter. It looks a little better. As if like Joseph and Mary haven't just gone through like a pretty traumatic experience and uh, it's like the Hallmark Christmas card, like baby Jesus isn't a baby who like poops and cries. He's just like the perfect, like God man and none of that's there. It's, I'd love to approach Luke 2 tonight with the, the glasses off and just to see and receive and answer that question. What will this Messiah be like? Luke says, in those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken by the entire Roman world. Um, I love what Luke does here throughout his gospel of these competing kingdoms. Uh, Caesar Augustus literally translates to divine emperor, as if it was like someone came in and said, hey, I'm divine and now I'm ruler and you're going to follow me or suffer under the boot of Roman oppression. And so Caesar issues this decree, this, the census, come back to your hometown, all these, these 
kingdoms that I rule now. I want to know who, who my people are. And at the same time, you have another kingdom, one that's been promised from of old, ancient of times, ancient of days. And in these competing contexts, we see the first census that took place while Quirinus, the governor of Syria, was there. And Luke helps his readers see something really good here, that even amidst the kingdoms of this world, the kingdom of God is still very active. God is with us, even in the midst times where it doesn't seem like things are gonna go our way, the advent of Jesus comes with the good news that God's still on the throne. And we get the the follow-through on Micah, the fulfillment that it would be from a virgin, mighty God, prince of peace in Bethlehem, house of bread, the same place where King David was born, and, and the advent of Jesus has come, which is really good news. And, and this term, the, the phrase gospel, actually, that's what it means. It means a good message. Um, if you did some antiquity study, you'd see there are actually Roman emperors that also had gospels. Uh, they would have proclamations and horns and trumpets. A, a new Caesar has been born, and it would be this big, momentous moment in the Roman Empire. But here, out in the fields of Bethlehem, we see a different kind of gospel, a different good message. But it's one that, that it's good news because the, the much anticipated Savior, King, the Messiah, the one who's come to take upon the sin of man to be pierced for our transgression and to usher in God's kingdom, he, he's arrived. And we could just stop here. Like, Ashish makes really good food. Should we just go out to his house right now? Let's do it. And like eat? Does that sound good? And just call it where it is? But Luke doesn't let us stop there, does he, Ashish? No. Nah. He does not. Because I think there's a question now you might have. It's a political year, and not to make things political, but Luke does. Um, 2024, we have an election coming up, and you might be feeling like uneasy or excited, depending on your views. But what I would anticipate, if I'm a first century Jew, and I've been knowing this Messiah is coming, I might fall in one of two camps. Uh, I imagine if I, I hear this, this message, okay, that in Bethlehem, the good news that the Messiah has come, on one end of things, I might be kind of nervous because Micah said that, that this king, the savior king, was gonna bring justice. And what if I haven't been the most just, loving follower of Yahweh? That's terrifying. On the other side of things, uh, maybe I'm a little more revolutionary and I'm ready to go over to Rome, shake things up a little bit, cleanse out what's happening in Jerusalem and usher in the kingdom of God. But what if this Messiah figure, what, what if it's not good news for me because he doesn't meet my expectations? Ashish, for whom is the good news of Jesus for? It's, it's a very good question. For whom is it good news? Well, let us let Luke answer that for us with a few minor facts that he's mentioned about how Messiah chose to come. Uh, Luke 2, 5 to 7. He went there to register, he being Joseph, with Mary, who was pledged to be, to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. Okay, she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger. What's a manger? Like if we're in the room, we don't know what a manger is. What is it? It's a little box kind of thingy where horses and cows eat their hay and grass from. Great. It's not a, not a fancy bed or something like uh, she that. She sent me a, a picture the other day and it said the first king size bed. It's a manger. It's a manger. It was good. Well, you stole my joke. It I'm was, sorry. It was, oh, come I'm sorry. On. We've practiced this too many guy. times. You know it comes, man. But anyways... Uh, she wrapped him in clouds and placed him in a manger, not fancy, because there was no guest room available for them. You see, as, as Colin mentioned, but before we actually dig into it, I just want us to take a, all of us to take a second and let it sink in that 
the anticipation for Messiah, our need for a Savior, and the fact that the Messiah is born is, is facts. Mm-hmm. It, it's not fairy tale. Mm-hmm. It has happened 2,023 years ago, mm-hmm. 80 after. It's a fact. We, we just, it's great. Praise mm-hmm. God. But yeah, so you see how, how Messiah chooses to come. Uh, here, so powerful, his arrival, that kingships are getting shaken. Uh, but yet so humble, as, as we were just talking about, he comes uh, to this, this family that's very average and comes in, in, a, in a manger. Yeah. Not, not a palace. Not a palace. Not a throne. Not, not a, a throne. war horse, but where horses eat. <laughs> where horses eat. It's, it's so, since we've read this so many different times, uh, it's very normal for us to just take it and then, yeah, he came in manger. But it's, he's the word became flesh, you know. He's the one, he's the word that created everything and he's, he's here. One in manger, very humble. Second thing, he comes to a very average household and very average family, an everyday Joe or everyday Jew back then. Yeah. <laughs> you see? So it's good news for the everyday Jew. Yes. Good. Not just for a teacher or a Pharisee. Yeah. Everyday Joe. Like. But here you see the, the decree has been ordered and Joseph has no way to escape that. And he has to follow that. If he had influence, if he had power, that traveling with a pregnant person who's yeah. going to give birth to a baby very soon, you don't know when. Back then, it's not buses or flights that you take. Yeah. Probably donkey where you're walking. And if he had a choice, if he had option, if he had in, influence in the government, he'd probably, you know, write a letter to the president or something like that. <laughs> but no, he's traveling with his fiance who is about to give birth. Yeah. It's not easy. Mm-hmm. And he has to keep up with that. He's so average that he doesn't even have tons of money to spare. Because mm-hmm. you see, the guest room is packed because people are traveling for census. And you know, like the guest rooms are packed. Yes. This, is how, this happens when we, whenever we travel, you know. Um, guest rooms are packed. And if you have premium money, if you have a lot of money to spare, you can get, get some sort of a thing, you know, some sort of settlement. Yeah. He doesn't even have that. Mm-hmm. And finally, the Messiah chooses to come in the manger. And these minor details that Luke mentions shows me that they were so average. <laughs> and that's whom Messiah chooses to come to. Okay, Not so just that. Humble families where he starts. Oh, yeah. Not just that. Following that, likewise, the first to receive the message. As we know this so clearly, they, they were the, the shepherds, right? Uh, let's read this. And there were shepherds living out in the fields. I like how uh, earlier Brad, yeah, Brad he giggled uh, yeah. in that. These aren't like we have a pasture. No, no, no. We'll go back into the house later and cook some dinner. They live there. They yeah. live out in, out in the fields. We have some of these. Uh, we call them gotalas back home. Uh, they go up in the mountains when it gets hot down in the plains, and then they live there. Mm-hmm. They live there together with the flocks. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night, an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. Okay. Take off the rose-colored glasses for a second. Humble shepherds, not allowed to go to temple, um, out in the field, not not the most like if you're announcing the good news gospel, kingdom of God is coming. Humble shepherds. Yes. And this angelic figure shows up, and what's the response? Oh, they are absolutely terrified. I mean, like, <laughs> yeah, and I would be terrified. I, growing up, I had some experience being attacked by spiritual realm because of the, the family background that I come from. Mm-hmm. Those things impacted me for years and years up until I found Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. So I, I assume they are really terrified right now. Uh, but the angel said to them, do not be afraid. Oh, do not be afraid. I love that. Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy. As we mentioned, these shepherds are unclean. 
ceremonially unclean, religiously unclean, because they are not able to keep up with all the traditions, stuff like that. Conveniently not welcome to the temple, let it be alone in the house of a Pharisee. Um, but very likely that they were the one raising these flocks that were to be used as sacrifice in the temple. You see, and but those sacrifices are good. They will take those sacrifices, lambs, and then sacrifice and make people clean, but so hypocritical that they themselves are not. And so fitting that in the town of David, yeah. a former king who was a shepherd, now the good news is coming. To these unclean shepherds these raising shepherds. lambs to be sacrificed yeah. and the news about the good shepherd. It's coming. The lamb of God, the ultimate sacrifice comes to them to first. Oh, such a God style yeah. to do things. Yeah. And now this ultimate sacrifice is going to make these unclean shepherds, uneducated, stinky shepherds clean. So Maybe still not clean enough to get inside of the house of a Pharisee, but definitely clean enough in the, in, in the eyes of the Lord. And so we got a humble family traveling, uh, and, and thank goodness they found at least a manger to put this child in. We have humble shepherds that are the first ones to receive. Mm-hmm. Hey, gospel, the king has come. And then it doesn't stop there. Look, Luke says that good news that will cause great joy for who? All the people. Ashish, I looked up in the Greek. Uh-huh. Uh, you know what all means? The, the one we looked up, right? Yeah, the, the one we looked up. You guys ready for this? It means all. <laughs> Everyone. Everybody. This is good news that will cause great joy for every human heart. Uh, it's like that, that Christmas hymn we sing in a little town of Bethlehem. The hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. This is good news that will cause great joy for, for those humble shepherds, but not just them, everyone else in Bethlehem. Oh, by the way, those in northwest Arkansas all the way to Nepal. Good news causing great joy for every tribe and tongue and nation, regardless of socioeconomic status, regardless of political view, regardless of uh, the struggle, the sin struggle you find yourself in. Good news causing great Amen. joy. And as if that's not enough, as if the shepherds encountering the spiritual being wasn't enough to kind of get them on board, mm-hmm. then it's not one but several. Look, in, in verse 12, they get a sign. This is going to be a sign for you. Not the, the political juggernaut military coming in to shake things up in Rome, mm. warrior king, but a humble baby laying in a food trough that's hopefully been cleaned, about to be visited from some shepherds who definitely aren't clean. That's, that's the sign. Mm. God incarnate with us in the manger. And then again, the shepherds are like, okay, cool. We don't have to be afraid. I imagine if the first one scared them, this one takes them even further. <laughs> now we have suddenly, I love how Luke puts that in there. It's, it's quick. A great company of heavenly hosts. This, this term heavenly hosts is, is an army. Now we've had some killer mosaic choirs, amen? Come on, we've had some good mosaic choirs in the day. I don't think we compete. Heavenly army comes and declares glory to God in the highest. Glory speaks of his power, his beauty, his majesty, and his space. But God doesn't stay there. He loves us so much. Even though in our brokenness we matter and in his glory he comes and brings peace on earth. Remember when Nick taught on peace a few weeks ago? One of Nick's, one of my favorite Advent teachings we've ever done, it was Nick and I were working in student ministry together. And Nick said, we're just gonna stand up here and quote Nick all night. Nick said, I've got one too. Peace is not the absence of something. It's not the absence of noise. It's not the absence of conflict. It's not... Peace is not the absence of something, it's the presence of someone. Oh, that's gold. 
And here, the Prince of Peace, Mighty God, Wonderful Counselor, comes to bring shalom, harmony, peace on earth, our space. And uh, for God's glory and our peace, the advent of Jesus is good news that will cause great joy. In short, as she tell us, the advent of Jesus is what? It's good news. The advent of Jesus is good news for everyone, everywhere. And uh, you might be asking, why? Like, why do things this way, God? Right? Like, it, this, this, it, it, for me, it makes a little more sense to, like, actually bring the war horse. Let's, let's kind of go shake yeah. things up in Rome and usher in the kingdom of God. Um, Luke goes on to tell us why later. He says this, quoting Jesus in Luke 19. For the Son of Man, it's one of Jesus' favorite terms about himself. It refers to him being Messiah, the, the, the Savior King who's come. For the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. Why would God do things this way? Why a baby in a manger? For sure, fulfilling Old Testament prophecy, but at least like give that baby some like superpowers or something to like, <laughs> let's shake things up a little bit. The Prince of Peace comes not with peace of the sword. The Prince of Peace comes to actually take the sword upon himself. You remember what Mary wrapped the baby, newborn king, in? Cloths. Luke goes on later to tell us about another time when Jesus gets wrapped in cloths. But this time, it's, it's not the newborn king being laid in a manger, the soft little baby skin, right? It's the bloody, beaten, dead body of a Messiah king. Wrapped in cloths and laid in a tomb because this is why our God has come to seek and save what is lost. If this is how God showed his love among us, he sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. Mm. This is love. Not that we love God, not at all, but that he loved us mm. and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Advent of Jesus is good news for everyone everywhere because the advent of Jesus is, is God's love with us. Like the God who is love, John goes on to say, has come and is with us. But why, like, isn't this just like our God? It is so much like him. Like all the Old Testament, you see, we think things are gonna go this way and then he comes in with that tender mercy when we don't deserve it because he's love. And this is just like his ways. His ways are so much higher than our ways and his thoughts are so much higher than our thoughts. All throughout Old Testament, people, God would try to get people's attention in a certain way and something else would cross their mind. Just like how Nick said the other day, he does, he's doing things differently this time. It's no more God adopting a, a man's son, but God being adopted mm. to a man, yeah. family. It's, it's, it's a paradigm shift, uh, the advent of Jesus, you know? Advent of Jesus is God's love for us. And love comes in Christ to die. Amen. Not to destroy, but to save. Yeah. Not to destroy the ones uh, that are against the Israel, but to save all. Not to destroy the ones that are sinful, but to, but to save all from sin. Yeah. Not to discriminate, but to unify. Not to discriminate against Jew or Gentile, yeah. Nepalese or American, but, but to unify all, all, us, all of us. Make us one body like this today. His advent comes not to kill, but to sacrifice himself. Not to, not to serve, not to, not to be served, but to serve and wash our feet. 
And if I were to summarize uh, book of Luke 1 to 14 and his advent, I would say that he, the advent of Jesus was absolutely unique. God's love in Christ's advent was absolutely unique. And that was God's love with us. And that was God's greatest gift to this world. For those of us who don't know what meek is, what does meek mean? Well, meek means powerful yet humble. Mm. Advent was so powerful as I mentioned. You see, kingships were getting shaken. There were whole heavenly army worshiping. So majestic. <laughs> it, yet it was humble. Comes, Jesus comes to a manger. Yet, yet personal. You see, you see uh, for you I bring this good news. Unto you a savior is born. And it comes unclean shepherd so personal so personal terrifying of course terrifying but this power is not against you to hurt you or to harm you but it's for you that's that's what my dad my dad says when he first heard the gospel he, he hears about this wonderful god that knows you by your name and even if a mother's gonna forsake you this god's not gonna forsake you and this god is so powerful that created everything and you know my, my my dad's response response to that was so what about this god that we've been worshiping all these years what about this family deity that we've been worshiping all this year that comes inside my mother's body and destructs everything around and we have to hide under tables? That we, have, we need to make sure that this deity does not get mad at us because this power he was used to calling the power God was against and he was afraid of it. But do not be afraid. Do not be afraid just like the angel says because this power that Jesus is going to, this paradigm that Jesus is going to shift, the power is going to be for us. Isn't that good news? That's so good. And so you might be sitting here and going, okay, so how do we respond? Advent of Jesus is good news for everyone everywhere. Well, I love, if you keep reading, Luke actually gives us the responses. And I think we can just take them straight from the text tonight. First is that it's to be received. Yes. Yeah. Just like what uh, the shepherds did. When the angels had left them, now it's a bunch of angels, not just one angel, a bunch of angels, and now they're kind of chilling, hanging out. No afraid, not afraid anymore because they realized that that's just for them, not against them. Angels had left them and gone into heaven. The shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. Suddenly they feel good about themselves. The Lord has told <laughs> us about it, yeah. us unclean shepherds about it. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and baby was, who was lying in the manger. We, I think the first thing we should do is let it sink in that the Savior, Savior did come for me. Mm. Me. That, that God. It's personal. It's personal. Yeah. It came for me. Um, and receive it with joy. Receive it with faith. Uh, yeah. just, like, just like what they did. Uh, shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see the thing that has happened. If the Lord t told us about it, that this is going to happen, this has happened. If the Lord said this has happened, this has happened. Yeah. And they received it with faith yeah. that Jesus was born. Back then for them, today for all of us, all people, it has been received it with faith. Yeah. This you know? good message, this gospel this good message. is received. And then I love the, the next response of the shepherds is that it's not just received, it's not just a gift of God's grace that, that love is with us. It's also proclaimed, and I love that they go throughout spreading the word concerning what they have just experienced from, from the very moment of his birth. Followers of Jesus are called to receive and proclaim the good news. Um, it's not something we just get to receive. I mean, these shepherds easily could have just received it, seen them, and then, cool. Wow, it was a great experience, wasn't it? Back out to the field. Now, their lives have been so transformed and changed by setting eyes on God in a manger that now they're out proclaiming it. Yes. And, and I don't know about you, but sometimes I think of Christmas, and I don't think of that. 
<laughs> like I start thinking of gifts under the tree and how much stuff am I gonna get and did I get Aaron the right thing? Like what if she doesn't like it? Um, that's fine, don't buy her clothes. I've learned over years, 10 years. <laughs> uh, she's, I think followers of Jesus actually in the West have something to learn from followers of Jesus in the East on this because uh, Christmas time in Nepal looks and feels a little more like this, right? A little like what the shepherds were doing up there. They were excited, they received the joy, and they were excited, so they hurried off. You know, the excitement that I see in them to, to find Mary and baby Joseph, they were excited to go and proclaim it. They received it with faith and joy. It did create joy and peace in their hearts, and now they're ready to go and proclaim it with excitement. So what does is, what is, like, that look like in Nepal? Like, if we were going to go do an Advent service huh. in Nepal, what would it look like? How about I show you? We are proclaiming the good news out of joy because we've received the Taranahar. Say that one more time. Okay. Taranahar. Taranahar. What does that mean? The one that takes you to the other side. The one that reconciles you to God. The one that's here to solve all the problem. People remind ourselves, people back then, people back in Nepal, we remind ourselves that life life used to be different before Christ. Hmm. I used to be afraid of all these things. Life used to be different when I had to keep so many deities happy and now I have finally found this one that's going to take me and reconnect me to God. And when people remind themselves and just realize that what life would be without Jesus and without Advent, you know, we get joyful. (laughs) My dad, that's the only time you'll see him dance. (laughs) He gets joyful. And he screams really loud. Oh yeah, he says, do not be afraid for unto you. Yeah, Yeah, he does that when when we go out singing Caroline and stuff like that. Because now we, it's so much joy in your heart you cannot contain. Yeah. How many people have you fit in the truck? What's the max? Well, depends. How many you want to fit. Okay, let's go. <laughs> so we just go to these houses and then and sing songs proclaiming that Messiah is born. And we get joyful. We get really, really joyful. Uh, and we receive, uh, receive and, Messiah and the way he came. has that been your experience celebrating Christmas in the West with followers of Jesus? Huh. The West has been a little different than what I've been experiencing. I'm traveling to Baltimore tomorrow to go meet some Nepalese people, Nepalese church up there. And people ask me why. You guys saw why. It's, yeah, it's a party. It's, it's fun. It's a party. Uh, it's out of joy. And in the West, uh, I, I, I would say that um, we are maybe not receiving the way it came. Hmm. It came humble. God himself downgraded himself. Wow. But Christmas has been all about upgrading ourselves hmm. to a better iPad, to a better house, to better this, better that, like which Chris, is Christmas bonus. I love Christmas like bonus. It's yeah, great. great. All good things. But that, that's not but the But not going to satisfy. No, not going to satisfy. And, and I think we should receive the joy of the, the coming of Jesus just neat, just by itself. Yeah. And let, let other things be there. But I think that creates so much of joy in our heart, just reminding ourselves that word became flesh and dwelt among us. He made his dwelling. You know that, that holy of the holy? Yeah. He came. Mm. 
So the advent of Jesus is good news first to be received. Oh, um, hey, if you're not a follower of Jesus, this is the invitation. And uh, we'd love, we're gonna take communion here in a moment. Um, and, and we actually want that to be for the space of those who've chosen to follow Jesus. Um, so if you haven't ever had that opportunity, one, I'd encourage you, tap on the shoulder of the person next to you. Uh, we believe in the priest of the believer in this place, and uh, there's some really good evangelists in the room tonight. Um, if you'd like to receive it, or come talk to Ashish. Uh, yeah. The guy has, he, he might dance, uh, so be ready. A little bit. Um, if that's not an incentive, but it's received. Next, for followers of Jesus in the room, could we leave this place ready to proclaim it? Yeah. To go and tell whether it's family or neighbor or friend or coworker. And may this not just be an Advent thing, may this be daily apart. But I love where Luke takes us next. Notice Mary's response. That she treasured and pondered these things in her heart. Um, and what we wanted to do tonight is as we take communion, um, you're not gonna get to hold a newborn baby. <laughs> Sorry, you can go to the nursery to do that. Uh, we'd love for you to serve in there. But we are gonna hold the symbol of what that newborn baby came to do. And uh, we're gonna take communion. And uh, uh, what we'd ask you is in this time, could you hold the elements just to ponder and treasure what this good news means for us? And, and as we, we ponder and treasure these things, then could we, as the shepherds do, glorify God in the highest as we sing, and then could we leave this place ready to go tell others the good news that Jesus has arrived, and that's good news for everyone, everywhere. And so uh, as you come, we're gonna have some friends up front who are gonna hold the elements and they're gonna give you a blessing. Um, it's not magic words. There's nothing <laughs> special about it. It's just a simple phrase. God loves you and God is with you. And to receive that tonight. Amen. So if you would, please, uh, if you'd mind coming up to your left and then returning to your right. If you're at a space where getting up and getting to the front is hard, if you'll just throw up a hand, Ashish and I would love to bring you uh, some elements. But could we come into this time ready to go glorify God from a posture ready just to receive and treasure? Yes. The tables are open. Would you come?
brought to the table, not our ability to love him, not to do enough for him, but that the Son of Man came, Jesus Christ came to seek and save the lost. And on the night before his sacrifice for us, he sat with his disciples around the table and he broke the bread and he passed it around and he said, take and eat. This is my body, which has been broken for you. So take the bread and eat now. And when the supper was over, he took the cup. He gave thanks to it. He passed it around to his disciples and he said, this is the blood of the new covenant poured out for you for the forgiveness of sin. 
drink in remembrance of me. The good news of Jesus for all people. For who? For all people, amen? Let's sing about that good news tonight, all the earth. Christ is the light of the world, and our God is love, and he came to seek and to save the lost powerfully and humbly, powerfully and humbly. Remember that next week, we only got one service, five o'clock. We'll see you there, church. Go in love to love and serve the Lord. Thanks be to God. See you next week. <laughs>